Oh, and welcome to What the Spark, a podcast about contemporary art. I'm Vicky, and our topic for today is money laundering. Our intro question is, what is your favorite form of money laundering? Mine is hiding money in submarines and leaving them underwater for a long time so no one can find them. Would you like to introduce yourself? All right. I'm Amanda, and in keeping with the spirit of today's podcast, my favorite form of money laundering is illegitimate NFTs. Wow, I was going to say the exact same thing. Whoa. (laughs) I'm Sophia, and honestly, as you'll find out in this episode, uh, NFTs are a very good way to launder money very easily. That's incredibly fascinating. Uh, Why don't we kick off the conversation right there and uh, uh, talk about that? Sophia, uh, what can you tell us about that? So for those of you who don't know, an NFT is essentially a non-fungible token. It's a component of a blockchain. Think something like cryptocurrency, right? We all know Bitcoin, Dogecoin, <laughs> things like that. The difference is, though, that um, NFTs are non-fungible, which means every single one is unique, whereas something like a cryptocurrency would have um, each coin be the same. This leaves the opportunity for lots of very interesting NFTs to be sold. Essentially, an NFT is just a any form of digital work that can be sold. And um, we get into some very, very questionable pieces as a result. So one that I can uh, think of right off the top of my head is uh, a one-ton tungsten cube that was recently sold as an NFT, uh, including visiting rights. And I believe this was a $250,000 sale. Um, So it's quite interesting how something that, you know, one could expect to be something that benefits small artists and small creators has metamorphosized itself into this multi-million, if not billion-dollar industry. And uh, Vicky, uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, hold on. On the tungsten cube thing, why? (laughs) Why was that a thing? Uh, the best explanation the internet has provided to me is that it has been a meme on Reddit for a couple of years. A company in Illinois decided they could, and so they did. And so they did. That seems like the summary of a lot of NFT. They could, and so they did. It really is. Um, I had mentioned the the range of NFTs is incredibly extensive. You have uh, the CEO of Twitter... Jack Dorsey is selling his first ever tweet for, I believe, $3 million. You have another one, um, which is essentially just a gray box by some artist that goes by the name Pax, sold for $1.3 million. And when I say it is a gray box, I mean it is literally a two-dimensional gray box. The evolution of art, everyone. Wow. <laughs> so is there any NFTs that are not just boxes? <laughs> Do people sell? I don't know. I... I fail to see the purpose of selling these boxes. Is there, like, Mona Lisa's being sold as NFTs? There are plenty of Mona Lisa. I've seen, like, pixel Mona Lisa's of just random, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it it really is one of those things that uh, if you can and if you find a buyer, then your life is about to be changed and you're going to be a couple million dollars richer. Exactly. And it is very easy to make a lot of money and give away a lot of money through these NFTs, which leads to honestly a huge opportunity for 
transferring illicit funds through NFTs, which is where the money laundering aspect comes in. Gee, if I had a whole bunch of money that I didn't know what to do with, what would I do? So, hypothetically speaking, say you just sold an egregious amount of crystal meth, and you don't want... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not based off of just, reality just or anything. hypothetically, right? Please don't sue us. For yeah. legal legal reasons, I am joking. Um, don't do drugs. Hypothetical scenario, I am not condoning money laundering, nor am I condo- condoning uh, the sale of illic- illicit drugs. That being said, say you sold an obscene amount of drugs, mm-hmm. um, and you, you know, obtained an obscene amount of money doing so. How would you... Um, recognize that money without getting questioned. Because at the end of the day, we all have to pay taxes. Exactly. I mean, you can mm. commit tax fraud through NFTs too, but that's the <laughs> so That's another podcast. All you would need to do, and there's like a whole step-by-step guide essentially to this is, yeah, this is uh, how, to, how to launder money and through NFTs in three easy steps. Uh, generate an anonymous NFT and put it up for sale on the blockchain. Um, you can do, it can be anything. It can be a gray box. It can be a black box. It can be a tungsten cube. Um... It can be a Spongebob meme. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can, and then buy it from yourself with just an anonymous, unregulated digital wallet using those illicit funds, and boom, your funds are now legitimate because you bought it through the artwork. And it's incredibly simple money laundering because there are no regulations surrounding this. There is no um, anti-money laundering software or very, very minimal anti-money laundering software in NFTs as compared to other you know, cryptocurrencies and related things. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, even cryptocurrencies themselves, people are saying that they're concerned that uh, the crypto market's going to tank now that people are starting to regulate it. And I feel like that just wants me to ask a lot of questions on why this amount of regulation is going to be scaring you off to this extent. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a couple times the word blockchain. And I just wanted to ask... Not that I don't know what a blockchain is, but like for people who might not know what a blockchain is, what is that? (laughs) I'm kind of imagining like, again, to the cubes, literal cubes on chains. Like how do people make these tokens in the first place and where are they selling this? This isn't like a underground market or like an alleyways where they're giving away cryptocurrency, right? So, um... Not that I'm, like, reading this directly off of the internet or anything, (laughs) but a blockchain basically is a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain. So uh, the best way I can explain it is that um, each transaction or each component that you add onto it becomes part of a chain that you can't alter, so um, then you have this this ledger of transactions stretching back um, as far as as far as it'll go. Um, to be quite honest, I don't understand how you get from that to a uh, gray cube being sold for one point three million dollars, but people have figured it out. I think once you leave open the door for just any kind of art, you, like, have the opportunity to sell it for however much you want to sell it for. That's honestly the case with regular art as well. It's kind of not exclusive. I think it's just migrated over to, you know, the blockchain in the sense that it's digitized and it's essentially the fine art market, but digital now. Yeah, because I was going to say, 
earlier when you were talking about how easy it is to launder money through NFTs, the uh, the fine art world itself actually is probably the largest unregulated industry out there because uh, compared to other industries such as real estate and things like that, there are incredibly few amount of um, restrictions in place surrounding the purchase and sale of art um, and you can have like million dollar transactions taking place without the art itself changing hands uh, so one way this can happen is there's something called free ports so the most famous one is in Switzerland it's been estimated to hold a hundred billion dollars worth of art um, and basically this is a high security tax haven because if you if you buy an artwork that's stored in this free port, um, you can then sell it to somebody else, have that money change hands, but at the end of the day, that piece is still in that same location. Um, so, yeah, so it really seems like the NFT conversation is a really similar conversation to what's been going on in the fine art world for years and years. So in that case... Would it be that NFTs are getting unfair treatment and scrutiny when the entire fine art world is basically doing the same thing? Like, what makes NFTs any different from the current state of the physical art world? I think it's just because NFTs are just so broad with what you can do with them. You can put, like, the simplest—I mean, even with art, but, like— an NFT could be a video or something of like a, a link to nothing. It's it just opens the door to so many like crazy possibilities that traditional art I don't think can reasonably accomplish. That being said, though, NFTs are becoming a part of the fine art market. There are multiple you know reputable um, fine art companies that are now incorporating NFTs into their auctions, and it's kind of interesting to see considering it's essentially the same type of system, just digital. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not to say that the art world can't also be broad, because we've seen art pieces like a room full of dirt and like a, a video of a guy getting shot as performance art. Like these are both uh, examples of art that has been made in the fine art world that it almost feels like NFTs are carrying on a tradition in a strange way. But the tradition also includes money laundering. So whether that's a good thing is not exactly to be said, but it does kind of bring up more questions about the fine art world as well, whether we should be also scrutinizing it as much as we have been with NFTs. Yeah, and I think there is something to be said that um, I think like crypto and NFTs, a large part of their appeal is that that's something that anybody can be a part of and anybody can invest in versus I think fine art is something that likes to bill itself as more exclusive and you know if you're into art you're part of a select few but crypto and, and nfts especially with stuff like reddit is something that um it seems like anyone and everyone wants to jump in and be a part of that right and the whole thing with like fine art itself is it's just such an exclusive unregulated very private market and that's another reason why, you know, money laundering is so rampant within it is because most people just have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Even the people involved don't know what's going on behind the scenes. In most cases, the buyer and seller of the art don't actually know each other. Like, 
someone could be selling a piece of art, say, through an intermediary. They don't know who they're selling it to. The person buying it um, doesn't know who they're receiving it from. It, they, it's just an unspecified transaction. And even then, the money that they're paying could be in, inaccurate to how much it was originally worth because certain intermediaries or sellers can mark up prices however they want because these things just aren't transparent in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. Because with something like art, it's not like, you know, a house, for example, where um, you will have something like a market value or, or things like that. Since art is so subjective, if you say, I want to pay $10 million for this painting, there's nobody stopping you. If you want to sell that painting for $10 million, there's nobody stopping you because that's how much it's worth to you. Mm-hmm. I guess it also is how much it's worth to the buyer as well, because like whether you price something at $10 million, people can have judgment and say like, oh, that's totally not worth it. But at the end of the day, if someone buys it, then it was worth it to them. And we can't really control what people do with their money in that case. But. Yeah, I guess the point I was trying to make is that art is a lot more subjective than almost any other thing that I can think of and that... um opens the door for a lot of problems as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That that lends itself to, um, you can't really be questioned for how much you spend on art either. You know, you can look at uh, sort of another avenue and think, oh, this is an obscene amount of money to spend on this. This, There must be something shady going on. Whereas for art, it's like, oh, you spent $300 million on a, you know, random piece of art. Like, we can't do anything about that because we don't know how much it's worth. It could be worth that much to you. It could be auctioned up. We have no idea. And there's no way of proving that or knowing, so it's very, very unregulated. Um, Yeah, exactly. Now I'm kind of wondering if um, part of the reason people are hesitant to regulate this market is because of the exclusive nature of fine art and, you know, wanting to be part of that secret club and and being in the know about what's going on in the art world, or if... um, it's because they are concerned about the effect of regulations on the art market. I think it's a combination of both. Realistically, like, the exclusiveness of fine art has been a thing pretty much since fine art has been a thing. Um, Historically speaking, it was originally commission-based work, and then when it expanded, it was guild-based work, where guilds would essentially um, keep their clients private so that other guilds wouldn't steal them, and they would also keep prices private so they could change prices uh, depending on who the consumer was. So it's kind of basic price discrimination happening with different buyers based on, you know, how much they can afford. Because obviously if a gallery will make can make more money, they will. Um, this obviously carries over to today. And a, a large reason that many of these companies don't want it to be regulated is because they have to be incredibly transparent about, you know, who their clients are, how much they're um, offering for each art piece. And this will lead them to likely make less profits and also deter potential clients because clients, especially, you know, rich people like being private. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely a part of it. I think the money lost through more and more regulation is definitely a negative factor, especially as more and more businesses get into selling NFTs for their artists in fields such as like record labels things that represent artists in that way, they are probably have a stake in keeping this an unregulated market, which I think would be concern, uh, concerning to buyers who probably do want that transparency in who is selling 
art and where the money is going. But I do think it's a bit concerning how much businesses are getting into it and how much that may influence policy going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think this is a bit outside of the scope of what we want to talk about, but I think it is worth mentioning how the purchase of purchase and sale of fine art at such high prices can also be a good form of evading taxes. And I, as we all know, certain people just love finding loopholes to not pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big, uh, obviously a big incentive just to have it unregulated. And honestly, that has led to a lot of lobbying, um, in, especially in the United States. Like we've seen regulations pop up in places like the EU. Not to say that those regulations are doing impressively well, which we might get into later. But um, the U.S. has honestly seen very little since the establishment of the Bank Secrecy Act. Uh, there's recently been an anti-money laundering act proposed, I think, in around 2020. Um, but not much has been done with it. People keep saying it needs to be regulated, it needs to be regulated, but very, very little is being done in Congress to do so. Um, and in fact, many, especially many lobbyists, are citing Mexico as kind of an example of how these regulations tank art markets. So in Mexico, they passed a bill in 2012 to combat money, combat money laundering in art. Uh, we can look to the, I guess, extensiveness of Mexican drug cartels, probably largely for this reason. But um, there, was, there were reports from many gallery owners of about a 30% drop in sales after the fact. And many, especially the gallery owners and the buyers, are both very dissatisfied with the regulation because they were simply losing profits. It wasn't as profitable for them. Um, sure, it deterred cartels from you know, using art as a means to money launder, but it also deters people that are um, unwilling to sort of sacrifice their privacy simply for regulations. Yeah, yeah, because coming from the other side of it, um, if there is that much money involved and the piece is really worth that much money, I think, you know, it can be risky to attach your name to it and, you know, have it announced that so-and-so just bought this piece worth that much, especially if you're a high-profile person, like, that can put you and your safety at risk, so... I do understand why some people would want to maintain that level of privacy and uh, why they'd be against regulation because of that. Though I know morally, from the moral standpoint, if I heard, oh no, the gallery just shut down downtown, I'm like, oh no, why? It's like, well, now that the drug cartels aren't allowed to give them money, (laughs) they just didn't have enough funds to keep it open. (laughs) I think we kind of got to look into ourselves and think, is it worth tearing apart communities potentially like taking this money for fine art i think it's okay from that standpoint um we got to kind of look at the broader picture and also like the fact that money is so intertwined in politics that this is so difficult to get off the ground in the u.s is also unfortunate because at the end of the day Not everyone's in fine art. Like, a lot of these people who are impacted by crime probably don't really care that rich people can't spend as much on money anymore and, like, that the world is going to be a bit smaller. So I I do kind of... I have, like, I feel sad about it, but at the same time, I'm like, this is something that needs to happen. Yeah, 
I wouldn't call it even a necessary evil because honestly, if you are a um, you know gallery willingly sort of interacting with the drug cartels, it's a little bit concerning from that perspective too. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that people need to you know maintain businesses, but this is a little bit extreme. Yeah, I was wondering. Um, you know, I understand that it seems like the government is slow to act in regulating this field, but um, I've been wondering what's stopping the uh, the vendors themselves from uh, taking more steps to identify who their customer is and um, find out a bit more information about what's going on. And um, I, I just think there isn't really anything stopping them from doing that besides, I guess, potential loss in sales. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about so, like a billion dollar industry, um, even a drastic 30% drop in sales, like, I'm sure they would be able to come back from that, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Especially when you consider how that looks for, without a better way to say it, their brand. Like, how that looks for you to be like, oh, we're saving art, we're maintaining a community while simultaneously you're knowingly taking money from these uh unsavory places knowing that you're basically taking blood money i think it is kind of on the onus if regulation won't act to actually regulate this within the industry and i think that's possible for them to do so i wonder why it's not more widespread yeah i mean i guess people just don't know about it like i know i don't lose sleep wondering what sotheby's is doing um (laughs) with regards to know your customer policies and things like that. But at the same time, I feel like despite how secretive uh, this process tends to be, if the news ever broke that, um, you know, a huge art dealer like Sotheby's or Christie's was um, making deals with cartels or or terrorists or uh, anything like that, it would be a nightmare for them. And I don't know how they would come back from that. I think just because it's so, again, privatized and unregulated, it honestly doesn't really matter. I mean, companies will make money however they can. They claim, you know, Sotheby's has put out statements being like, oh, we don't condone any of this. We're trying to be, like, conscious of who we're buying from, who, you know, how we're selling, uh, whatever. That being said, you just can't guarantee any of these things because people could say that they are a certain source or maybe the source itself wants to be unspecified. There's just so many, like... I guess loopholes that even galleries themselves can't really navigate or maybe don't want to navigate for the sake of privatization, keeping their clients and just making money. Um, Also, it's interesting because there was a painting, a Basquiat uh, painting, Hannibal, actually. It was sold at Sotheby's after being seized by federal authorities um, from this one Brazilian billionaire and, like, banker that... Actually, I don't know if he was a billionaire, but I know he was incredibly rich. um, Laundered money excessively, is now convicted... Um, but they still went ahead and sold the painting after the fact. Like, clearly there's a bit of a... Yeah. (laughs) They got a bit of a problem there. I wonder if it's one of those things where, like, you know, when you're, um, looking for a house and people have a hard time, like, selling a house if, uh, you know, someone died there or something unpleasant happened. I wonder if, um hey, this painting was formerly seized by the U.S. Department of Justice as a selling point, or if it uh, 
goes in the opposite direction. <laughs> that oh, sounds I like... I think it's opposite. 100% opposite. Like, are you kidding me? If I was a rich person, right? And I'm like, oh, this painting was formerly owned by a drug lord and it's a bosky. Like, I'll pay more for that. Like, yeah. it has history. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And actually, a lot of like the value... That painting has seen some shit. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The, a lot of the value of art, actually, is, like, who it's owned by or who it was owned by before, not the painting itself. Like, certain pieces will be worth more, not because of the piece themselves, but, like, where they were or who owned them prior to it being sold to somebody else. So that's, like, another big thing. Um, yeah, again, if... Uh, I had a painting. I was a rich person. I saw a painting that was previously owned by a Brazilian drug lord. I'd be pretty attracted to it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, showing guests around your house and you say, oh, look at this piece. It's an original. It was, It actually made it through three drug raids by the U.S. government. <laughs> and then, you know? Like, you need stories like that. So I do understand, it, too. It, it's, a, it's a statement piece, but literally. Like, yes. It's, it's a conversation starter. Yeah, it's a shame that so many of these paintings or works of art are just being stored in warehouses and um, where nobody can see them. I wonder what hidden gems are being tucked away from view and are just changing hands over and over. And it's so interesting because you see art pieces just pop up out of nowhere because, again, all of this is so unknown. They're just hidden away and all of a sudden it's, oh, this painting resurfaced from where exactly Mm -hmm. no one knows we're just kind of like it's been normalized we're used to it yeah like this is this is definitely off topic because uh i'm sure beyonce and jay-z are not money launderers (laughs) Um, (laughs) for legal reasons this is the joke (laughs) (laughs) but have you guys seen recently how like they had a music video or something like that um featuring a never before seen basquiat that they just owned and, like, kept in their home. Hmm. No, I have not seen that, but that is fascinating. Okay. Right? But like, everyone surprised. was talking about how this piece had just never been seen before, and then suddenly it's in, like, a music video. Wow. Mm. I, I was going to say, what are the chances they knew Basquiat, but I think they missed each other. Wait. Just, just, by, <laughs> just by a hair. Just by <laughs> no, it's, um... Honestly, it's just, it's interesting because I don't think anyone really cares at this point. It's like, oh, fine art, it's mysterious. Like, that's just how we've accepted it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and, that's, and that goes back to NFTs, too. Now that, you know, more, I guess, regular people, the common folk, the uh, you know, we're finally engaging more with art trading and even fine art to an extent. And I think that opens, I mean, like I said, it opens the door to so many possibilities of what you can reasonably accomplish with it. But I think as art, is so subjective really anything can be fine art and i think the existence of nfts is kind of almost in a way both making it worse in terms of illegal activity but also making it better in terms of making it more transparent as it becomes more popular Mm -hmm. i agree i think it's great that nfts offer an avenue for small creators to protect their work and to protect i guess for lack of a better word, the integrity of their work, but then at the same time, I think it's kind of ridiculous how much money is being spent on stuff that barely constitutes as original artwork. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to... Hypothetically, if I wanted to buy an NFT, like, can I pay in cash? What's the process for this? Because I know it's more accessible per se but i have no idea how to access these to be honest you talked about the uh 
NFT wallet. Do I have to? Is it in leather? How do I get into this? Yeah, it's all it's all digital, um, for better or for worse, because <laughs> you know it's a digital wallet. It's probably being purchased with a cryptocurrency, um, and then that cryptocurrency itself is probably. Uh, likely to be very volatile in terms of how much value it has in U.S. dollars. So it's all very mysterious and very kind of behind a curtain, I think, for a lot of people. Right. And again, the process of buying an NFT is very similar to how a fine art auction would occur. NFTs are essentially glorified digital auctions. And it's... um, It it kind of goes by the same process, so you could see how it's very easily sort of integratable into everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of have to invest first in a cryptocurrency in order to get into fine art. There's like a first you have to put an amount of money in and then it gets the ball rolling. Yeah, Yeah, it's not quite as simple as just depositing cash. Can't just, uh, hello, I'd like three NFTs, please. But I also think part of the hype of NFTs comes from the fact that you use a cryptocurrency to purchase them, because I think um, at this point, cryptocurrencies is still kind of a novelty to many people. So I think, you know, you can brag to your friends and be like, oh, my gosh, look, I just purchased this with Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you, you know, you can sound like you're an early adopter of some, like, cool new technology. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you've just invested a much higher percentage than you should have of your assets into cryptocurrency, and it'll not end well for you. Yeah, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Hold, hold, keep holding, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Invest over 10%. Mm-hmm. Don't do, do not do that. Um, Still holding for to this day. Reason, for legal reasons, we are not financial advisors. Yeah, no. I've never invested. <laughs> I'm gonna be that being honest. said, what I did say is backed by financial advisors. So don't don't invest more than 10% or mm-hmm. even 10%. Don't do that. Just It's crazy, though, because if you if your timing is amazing, like cryptocurrency and NFTs actually could change your life. But then the question is whether it will change your life for the better or for the worse. Mm-hmm. It feels like gambling. It really it, it, is. I mean, that's any kind of sort of financial investment, really, stocks, right? Like, it's it's essentially stonks. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Stocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I guess if you're laundering money through NFTs, better do it quickly, because right now it seems like it's very, very bi- viable and will probably improve your situation. Yeah. I'm not endorsing money laundering through NFTs, but I am saying that there are very, very few regulations out right now. Uh-huh. So honestly, pr- pretty viable. Um, but you didn't hear that from me. Oh, yeah. 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 I do wonder, because it feels like some companies are trying to do this legit, and what the benefit of that is. Like, just selling a couple NFTs. Who, who's buying it? Like, who's the, the market for this? Is it just fine art folk or crypto folk or everyone? I think it's whoever has enough money to burn, to be honest. Mm, rich people. <laughs> really, at the end of the day, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to have normal people buying stuff for millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but again, I've seen smaller creators use NFTs as a legitimate means of selling their work because it can be authenticated mm-hmm. better, especially if it's digital. Again, the majority of NFTs are not actually digital pieces in terms of art. 
Um, but again, it is a way of sort of authenticating it. Not that there aren't ways to sort of copy it based off of that. Obviously, there's you know there's going to be issues with everything. Mm-hmm. But in terms of smaller creators, it is a viable platform. That being said, it's still mostly used for higher profile transactions. Yeah, I also think uh, the volatility around cryptocurrency and NFTs makes it a bit more difficult for people who have less money to spare because, um, you know, if something goes wrong, you're going to feel it a lot more than somebody who has more money. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it also is getting a bad rep. I mean, just today as we're filming it, it is November 10th, and trending right now on Twitter is hashtag StopCookieRunNFTs because a mobile app just got into NFTs and everyone that plays it is very upset. So I feel like it also is getting more and more bad press and a lot of people seem not to like it these days. So it feels like you're getting money, but at the expense of your core fan base, potentially. Yeah, I definitely think this kind of stuff is here to stay, but I can't see the level of hype and and I guess franticness, uh, if that's an English word, around it uh, being sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's honestly like uh, right now it's very popular because it's quite new. Um, NFTs have been around since what 2014, but they've kind of exploded in popularity recently. I think sort of the hype will die down to an extent around them, especially um, you know once people kind of get over that initial shock of oh we can trade whatever the hell we want digitally. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that they will, or at least NFTs are a similar form of digital trading, uh, will probably be pretty prominent in upcoming years, especially as we see more of a move towards digital art and sort of an emphasis on digital just things in general. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think that um, the trend of ordinary people being able to invest their money is a good thing because I think, you know, a lot of people see that as something only people with obscene amounts of wealth can do and can do well. Um, So I think it's good that that kind of stuff um, is more accessible and more possible for people who may not have millions and millions of dollars. But then at the same time, um, there is a level of risk that can be dangerous. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys learned something new today, either new ways to money launder, not that you should, uh, (laughs) new things about NFTs and their place in the art world, everything in this podcast. If you'd like to listen to more, we're on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, on Spotify, WRBB, iTunes, anything else. I think I think that's good. Solid promo. I, Solid promo. Yeah. All right. And what the spark? Uh, I've been Vicky. I've been Amanda. I've been Sophia. Don't money launder. Yeah. <laughs> you should listen to What the Spark on whichever platform you would like to, preferably all of them. Our Instagram is at SparkNEU. Our website, I don't know what our website well, is. Our website can be found on the link tree on our Instagram account. Yeah, on our Instagram account. And uh, also shout out uh, WRBB Student Radio for letting us use their studio. They're super cool and check them out as well.